Maybe if you don't want to talk, you could just listen. What is happening? What is happening, guys? I am Mal Foster, and you are listening to Dimed Out Season 2, Episode 3, the first episode of 2021. Now, whether this is a brand new start in a brand new year for you, or you are continuing the greatness that you finished 2020 with, this is an episode that is going to kick things off right. Yeah, we ain't dicking about it again. We are not dicking about. We're coming out the gates and we are coming out swinging for this new year. Whether you are maybe feeling a little bit lethargic from the festivities, from the holidays, eh, you know, it happens. But we're going to make that change. We're going to make that disappear. Like Tay-Tay, we're going to shake it off. Well, yeah, I, I did. I gotta take a second to slow down. I just, I just went there. Uh, yeah, this episode, if you are feeling a little bit lethargic from Christmas, from the holidays, from the festivities, then this is an episode you definitely need to listen to. If you are looking to make some significant changes in your life, one way or another, this is something I think is going to be a great benefit. If you're just wanting to kick off the year right, it's the definite must listen. So this week, I am joined by my first guest of season two, and obviously the year. She is called Danielle Longo, also known as Danny, and she is a mindset coach. Now, if you are wondering to yourself, what on earth is a mindset coach? Don't worry, because I was as well. I had an inclination as to what a mindset coach was and what they did based on what I've seen at post and a little bit of what I've researched, but I wanted to kind of hear from her about what a mindset coach does and what a mindset coach could maybe do for you if you're looking to make some changes this year. If that is the case and some of those changes are more of a physical nature, if you've got some physical or some exercise goals that you are wanting to accomplish and achieve this year, then there is going to be something towards the back end of this conversation that you are definitely going to want to check out. Yeah, especially if you're looking to embrace exercise maybe for the first time or for the first time in a long time. Maybe it's not been your jam ever, but you're wanting to dive into it, but you also maybe a little bit intimidated about where to start, then yeah, this is going to be something you definitely want to check out. But there's going to be more of that towards the back end of the conversation. To start with, we're going to dive into something that is, yeah, it's a little bit woo-woo, but it's also all kinds of wonderful, deeply fascinating, infinitely curious, and strangely enough, it is the sort of genesis, it is the origin point of how I ended up asking Danny to be on the show in the first place. But why continue to talk about it when you can experience it for yourself firsthand? So this is it. Let's get into it. This is me talking to Danny about so much cool stuff. Enjoy. Yeah, well, let's just dive right into it because the way we kind of crossed paths and encountered each other is is kind of unusual and a little bit unorthodox to say the least. So exactly. I, at the time, was doing my dream journal episode and a little peek behind the curtain for listeners to kind of dig a little bit deeper and kind of find and form connections with people based on the subject matter. I like to dig in and research the same things that I'm posting about because otherwise it's just me shouting into a void hoping people listen, right? So I dig into to dream interpretations and that is where I first came across you, Danny. I know. I actually I was wondering, I knew 
when we were thinking of recording, I was like, how did you discover me? You just popped up in my DMs one day. I was like, that'll have to be your story to share. <laughs> I wasn't sure if it was like a hashtag you found, but... Um... It was it was something along those lines, yeah. I, I always tend to sort of try and dig a little bit deeper and find other people. And I'd say sort of form a connection based on the subject I'm talking about, because otherwise it is just me talking and it's not a conversation. It's not a dialogue. And goodness knows <laughs> I've talked to myself enough over the years. I don't need to continue doing that. Um, so yeah, we found that. And then I found that you, you really are quite into this this is something that you've been been sort of looking into and and well you, you you tell me i'm presuming here i'm being very presumptuous but is this something that you have been looking into for a while yeah definitely that's why i was i was so thrilled when i got your message because it's something i've been into for a long time but i feel like n- not many other people are you know i i don't know i i don't know that many people one remember their dreams i'm always shocked mm-hmm. by how many people tell me oh i don't have dreams or if i do like i forget them immediately um, I am that person, Danny, <laughs> honestly. That's that's why I had to start doing a journal on my notes app. And like I had to decipher my own handwriting because yes. it's like 2.30 in the morning and I've just put a bunch of like consonants together. And I'm like, I think that's what that word means, <laughs> but I'm not sure. So it's like no. interpreting my interpretations. But yeah, I am that person. <laughs> that is sincerely half the battle too. I know. I, have, I, I consider myself to have very neat penmanship and my 2 a.m. notes are very hard to read as well. <laughs> But yeah, so I've been interested for a hot second, kind of been waiting for the world to catch up to me and my interests. Because like I said, I've always been a very, I don't know, as long as I can remember, I had very vivid dreams when I was little. I mean, I can still remember a few nightmares I had when I was five, you know, at that time. I know, exactly. I mean, they were silly nightmares. I was like Snow White in the dream, of course, you know, from a five-year-old perspective. But it's, it's pretty amazing that it was vivid enough that it still sticks in my brain now, right? So yeah. I so I also went to school. I went to the University of Michigan to study neuroscience, biopsychology, and cognition. So wow! All right, so that kind of <laughs> creates a bridge of interest already. Yeah, because you're looking into how the brain works. Exactly. So yeah, I got to college, and I'm like, okay, you know, then you learn about Freud and his dream interpretation, which is just a bummer because I swear that's how this <laughs> all got derailed and has turned into, you know, like this terrible stigma that, you know, any dream symbolism is just silliness. But um, yeah, so I started learning more psychology stuff, heard about the Freud thing. I had, we're having all these vivid dreams, can remember these vivid dreams. And I was just like, okay, these cannot be nonsensical. There has got to be a reason your subconscious does this. Like, I know I have certain dreams that repeat all the time. That can't be for no reason, right? So Mm -hmm. That's how I really started being like, all right, maybe I should start writing mine down and diving into this because yeah, just curiosity. I was like, what is this? <laughs> so how long have you been doing that? How long have you been like roughly keeping a dream journal? I would say at least two years. Anytime before two years, it was not consistent. I was maybe jotting things down that stuck out to me, but um, really two years is when I started consistently. And I say that, but I haven't really written my dreams in a couple months now, but, <laughs> but you know, quote unquote, consistently recording my dreams maybe for about two years now. Yeah. Do you feel like, cause to me, it seems like it's uh, the brain is obviously uh, uh, like any other muscle, the more you use it, the stronger it gets. And to me, it kind of seems that way with dream interpretation and, and oh, mem- yeah. remembering dreams. Totally. Uh, see, I feel like as I've been doing my dream journal, I do I am getting past being that guy of not remembering my dreams. I yes. am beginning to remember, even if it's just fragments, I'm beginning to remember a little bit more each time. Yep, 
Exactly. And similarly, like you said, it, it, the, it's totally a muscle because right. Like if you stop going to the gym, you lose that muscle mass. For example, I just told you, I've, I've pretty much stopped writing my dreams for the past couple of months. And yeah, the, the muscle weakens. You definitely don't remember as many details. Just this morning, I was laying in my half awake state thinking, okay, I had this dream. I had this dream, but I don't need to write it down because I'm rehearsing it. And so I'm going to remember. And I, an hour later, I'm like, I have no idea what those dreams were. So <laughs> I do think writing it down is is one of the biggest keys. It's underrated. It is. And and I found from my experience, it works. And, and I don't do this nearly enough. It's something that I definitely want to start picking back up again once we cross over into the new year is journaling as a whole. So actually writing down your conscious thoughts, like your very deliberate ideas and interpretations. Um, I feel like that helps enormously, but I also feel that there's a crossover there between dream journaling too, or at least I did when I was writing them down. It kind of helped me. As you say, like realize that it's not just nonsensical. It's not just a series of random images, but there is purpose there. There's definition behind what we're seeing. Mm-hmm. Oh, for sure. Yeah. Yeah. I, um, I agree. I could definitely do some more regular journaling <laughs> goals for 2021. Right. But um, <laughs> yeah, I think that's been the coolest part of keeping the journal is you start to realize you have your own specific symbols that reoccur in your life. And it, it becomes really cool when you can look back and be like, wow, like this is now my own personal little symbol that I can use to track my own mental state. So for example, for me, I realized I really often have dreams about water, about like being on a boat in the middle of water, about swimming in water, just so many dreams. I'd say at least once a week. And that's, we're talking about dreams I remember, let alone all the millions I'm having, I don't remember. Right. But after a while, I was like, why is this a thing? Why do I always dream about water? And as I've gone back and look at the different states of the water and that what I was going through at different times in my life, the fluidity of the water or the turbulence within it is always a reflection of how I'm emotionally doing at that time. You know, now when I wake up and I had a dream about water and the water was really calm and it was a beautiful sunny day, I can wake up and be like, sweet, we are chilling in my subconscious today, <laughs> you know? But if I wake up and there was a big stormy night, then, you know, I, I know I need to maybe do some more meditating that morning, ask myself what's going on. Do I have any fears here? Do I have anxieties for this week? So yeah, just, just learn, being able to pick up on your own little symbols like that can be really rewarding, I think, about the practice. That's really interesting because you're not just picking up symbols, but you're picking up like different states and temperaments of symbol. Because as you say, water is obviously a reoccurring thing that you've had in your dreams, but it's in different mm. scenarios and it's a different sort of velocities True. going from like chill, stilled water to, as you say, stormy. It's, mm-hmm. uh, it's interesting that you're having these sort of these totems and symbols uh, appear in different various states it's kind of cool do you feel like the dreams that you've had recently well since you've been kind of more in in tune with what it is that you're dreaming about do you feel like they are a pretty accurate subconscious representation of things do you feel like you can actually clearly interpret what they they mean or what they sort of correlate to that is definitely also a muscle you can learn to flex right mm. <laughs> because as i i was reading my old dream journal before this podcast and i was like wow my interpretations used to suck <laughs> like, <laughs> they just like i like jot down what i think a symbol means and i wasn't really connecting the different symbols to each other and i think that's something that you kind of start to intuitively get better at right you start to know your own personal symbols more and I don't, I do think a large part of it now is intuitive. I just kind of sit and 
think about the different symbols and I kind of ask myself, how do these fit together? I don't quite get it here. And it's kind of like when you're meditating, I just kind of let myself sit until the right combination of the symbols comes to me, which is a very wishy-washy way of explaining that. But no, I get that. Right. I mean, yeah, it's just all becoming more familiar with, I guess, your subconscious self, right? And as you become more familiar with that, you get better at understanding its language, right? Yeah, absolutely. And do you feel like that it has it's helped you kind of get a better understanding of not just the state that you're in consciously in your waking life, but of, of you? Do you feel like it's kind of given you a better understanding of who it is that you are as a person? Oh, I love that question. Yeah, I would definitely say so. It has made me more aware of certain fears and things than I, oh, okay. interestingly, so I have a, I have a major fear of airplanes. <laughs> And this year specifically, I've had a ton of dreams where I'm just always in an airplane. And this sounds so morbid, but I've had so many (laughs) dreams where the plane crashes. And at first I was like, what is happening? You know, and I was a little bit worried. I was like, what does this say about my psychological state that I keep crashing my own subconscious plane? But I realized, I don't remember where I read something, but we have the ability to process our fears in our sleep. And our subconscious can do that as a way of protecting us. So, you know, we don't have to experience the full fear to get ourselves over it. So that has been something really cool that I've learned. I mean, some fears that I didn't even realize I had, you know, I'm addressing in in dream life. So um, that's really interesting. I hadn't thought about that. But yeah, like it's it's almost like a lot of people's fears and, and major sources of anxiety are so deep rooted or are so big that it's really difficult to sort of break down and overcome in in a conscious waking state so it's almost like your brain is kind of like okay I'm going to do some of the heavy lifting for you while you're not sort of actively present that's really interesting exactly yeah yeah I wish I could remember where I read that theory but I definitely think there's some truth to that yeah between fears and just different heavy emotions sometimes I'll wake up and I'll be like, wow, like I was physically depressed in that dream. And I wake up and I feel fine. I don't feel that depression. And I just am like, okay, that was just me processing that emotion in my sleep. And now I don't have to feel it in my waking state, which is a gift in itself, right? Yeah. Oh, absolutely. Yeah, yeah. absolutely. If it can do some of, as I say, the heavy lifting for you, then, then yeah, all power to it. Subconscious, do your work. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> the more work I could do while sleeping, I'm about it. <laughs> <laughs> all right. So I'm going to ask, um, what is the most vivid dream that you can recall? Like, what's the one that sticks out to you the most and why? Oh, the most vivid dream. You know, I, I'm going to have to say the one for when I was little that I was just referencing. It's okay. literally the most vivid dream I can remember to date. It happened when I was five. I was dressed as Snow White. And I was running through this beautiful pasture and there were scary dogs chasing me through the field. Who knows what I was, what I was running from at that time at five, but you know, now, now in my waking life, I would be like, all right, we've got fears to confront this morning. What are we doing? (laughs) Okay. Let's line up the possible suspense. Let's see what it is I'm running away from. No, it's not you because I addressed with you a few years ago. So you can go. That is interesting. Um, The most vivid dream I've had is is it is actually kind of macabre but it was so immersive and just yeah like immersive is probably the the only word that really does it justice and it's where I drowned Mm. and I actually felt myself drowning uh whoa and I went through it almost in real time where everything's faded to black and I could feel my chest burning 
And when I woke up the next day, like my chest felt really sore as if someone had been like hitting it with like a shoe or something. Just like, it just felt. Wow. But the weirder part about it is, I mean, that's pretty weird and it's pretty intense. Yeah. Strange part followed in that I then witnessed my own funeral from a third person perspective. Yeah. That is very interesting. It was very intimate. It was like in a remote countryside in like a small building. I don't know if it was a religious building, like a chapel or a church or what have you, but it was like a small remote building in in the sort of countryside somewhere. And there wasn't that many people, which is very depressing, but... (laughs) Maybe that's me just projecting my own fears of uh, insecurity and maybe loneliness at the time. I don't know. But yeah, that was the most vivid. Do you remember how you felt at being at your own funeral? Did you have an emotion while you were there? Do you know something? I actually don't have much emotional memory from it. It's more the imagery of mm. it than I actually remember. I don't recall if I felt a sense of relief or if there was a sense of melancholy. Yeah, I, yeah that's, that's weird. Yeah. I've never actually considered that, um, strangely yeah. enough. I, yeah, definitely. I, I always like to see what emotion was attached. Also, always a fun question I like to ask people. Do you dream in black and white or color? Yeah, we've talked about this. Um, always. Oh, did in, we? <laughs> yeah, we did. You asked me this. Um, but it's a great question. And I, and I want to pose this to listeners as well. I'd love to hear their take back on this, because this is something I hadn't considered either. Uh, mm. But I always, from what you can tell, uh, dream in, in color. Never, ever have had a black and white dream. I can only remember one black and white dream and I couldn't tell you what was in it. I just remember waking up that morning and being like, well, that was sadly gray. (laughs) (laughs) Wow. It's like stepping back into Kansas after being in Oz. Like, where'd my colors go? (laughs) Have you ever actually asked someone that and they've told you that they dream in black and white? Has that been an answer you've had? Someone in the college class where I learned this. Well, I think it was multiple people raised their hand. If I'm not wrong, men more often Hmm. dream in black and white. Don't quote me on that. I think I th- I remember that though. Um, but I, yeah, I do remember a couple hands going up that like maybe they don't always dream black and white, but they definitely do sometimes. The other question is: some people always dream in the third person, or more often dream in the third person, where it's kind of like watching a movie of yourself. Mm-hmm. I usually dream in first person, but every once in a while, I will have a third person dream where I'm watching myself do things and that's always fun I kind of like those <laughs> yeah that's interesting I think for me it's 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 a mix it's mm. primarily third person but yeah I definitely have a mix of the two. Oh, you're primarily third person though yeah oh interesting it's weird because it's like I will dream of myself in situations this is this is like what I dream of regularly at the minute I dream of myself in situations which are pretty normal-esque as in they could happen it's not like I'm on a the surface right. of another planet or a spaceship or on like an enchanted fortress under the sea or anything. It's, it's real stuff. Mm-hmm. And it's, it's real people. I don't know any of them. I don't recognize any of them, but I, in my dream, know that they are friends of mine or I know them from something or you know, like there's, there's, there's right. relationships and there's correlations, even though they don't exist or translate to real life. But I'm, I'm watching this happen, not from the perspective of somebody else, but it's like the best way to describe it is if, like I'm a specter of sorts, just sort of floating invisibly amongst mm-hmm. the scene. 
Isn't that interesting? That is, yeah. It's, it's weird, but it's interesting. Because I, I, I do know exactly what you're talking about. Because like I said, I do it every once in a while, but that's not my usual dream state. So I find it so interesting, <laughs> right? Like how, what's the difference in our brain chemistry or the way we think that that gives us those different types of dreams? These are the questions I would love somebody to research and figure out for us. See, that's the, that is one of the more interesting parts about the whole interpretation process is why is it mm. that other people dream differently to me or to you and and why does it go through these different variations and filters why do some people dream in black and white or first person it's it's really interesting right. like you say what is the brain chemistry going on there yeah it's very unique right and i wonder is it brain chemistry or is it just the type of perspective we walk around with in our daily lives i don't know it could be it could be a mix of the two it could also be something to do with previous experience um, mm-hmm. all the different things that actually make us who we are in our waking state could could also have a, a sort of variable imprint on on our subconscious being too. I want to dip into lucid dreaming because this is something we have touched yeah. upon. Um, this is something that you uh, is this well again. I'm presuming this is something that you've been practicing for a while. And uh, how have mm. you how have you been getting on with it? <laughs> yeah. So funnily, lu- yeah, I've been able to lucid dream for longer than I I knew that that's what I was doing. Um, mm. I'd say probably in my teenage years, I realized I suddenly had the ability whenever I was having a nightmare and it only would click on this lucid dreaming ability would only click on for nightmares. But when I was having a nightmare, this little layer of my brain would click on and be like, hmm, why are we giving ourselves this scary scenario? Like, why are you doing this to yourself, Danny? Like, let's not turn down the dark, creepy alley where the ghost is waiting for us. <laughs> How about we go one more block and we make a left instead and we go walk into that nice little park. And I, you know, I did this a few times, like I said, not understanding what I was doing, but I just woke up like, well, cool. <laughs> like, yeah. So again, then once I got to college, I kind of heard the, the, the term lucid dreaming right. and was like, oh okay this is a thing so then yeah I started trying to to practice that a little bit more that is even harder I mean obviously than trying to remember and analyze your (laughs) dreams but yeah that is that is a very cool practice I'm working on on improving my ability to do that now which is kind of an interesting practice in itself right so the way I was gonna ask how exactly do you do that how exactly does one practice that right so the, the practice is becoming how do I want to say this asking yourself more frequently am I awake or am I dreaming, right? Because if we're constantly asking ourselves in our waking state, am I awake or am I dreaming? If you're constantly double checking, then the theory is when you're dreaming, you'll double check, am I awake or am I dreaming? And eventually you'll be like, oh shit, I'm dreaming. <laughs> but surely that that leads to just like two two answers. You ask yourself that and you either respond with I'm awake and that is like me, like now I am, I know that I'm consciously awake. And if I were to ask right. myself that, I would get the, the straightforward answer of, oh, no, you, you're awake. If you were right. to ask yourself that whilst you are dreaming, what, I mean, surely that's just an empty, an empty answer to the question, or is it not? Ah, not, it, not if you're reaching that lucid dream state, because ah, it's hard to explain, but there's like a little layer of your brain that clicks on while the rest stays asleep and is able to say, for different reasons, no, I'm not awake. One reason that I have found to cue me is you often can't read words on paper in a dream. Uh-huh. So if you're dreaming, if I've tried to read something before and it's completely blurred and that has clicked on a little signal to me that says you're dreaming now. 
And so then I'm able to look around the dream and say, hmm, what do I want to fuck up around this place? Because now I'm in a dream world. What do I want to do now that I'm here? The hard part is for a lot of us, and here's the, the major practices, right? Once you say, okay, I'm dreaming, not waking yourself up out of excitement right. that you just discovered you were right. dreaming. Because <laughs> like there's... So that's yeah, because I imagine just like the actual mental reward of realizing that just stimulates oh, yeah. so much sort of adrenaline. Just so much elation. Yeah, just like, I did it. <laughs> so yeah, being able to read is a clear sign you're awake. If you can't read, you're sleeping. That's interesting. So that's like, that's like a little tell for the, for the standby portion of your brain. That is, that's one of the biggest tells. The other tell and the other reason for getting good at dream journaling and starting to pick up on your own dream signals is, you know, for example, I know one of my dreams that I commonly have is being in an airplane, right? Like this is something Mm -hmm. I always dream about. So now when I'm suddenly in an airplane, that cues me off. Like, hmm, most of the time when I'm in an airplane, I'm dreaming. So am I dreaming in this airplane? So that's kind of an advantage to starting to pick up your own dream signals. Like if you always wear this one pair of shoes in your dreams, Okay. If you see that pair of shoes, ask yourself, am I dreaming? And then, so yeah, picking up on symbols, seeing if you can read. And the last trick, which I haven't gotten this one to work for me yet, but this is the one I'm trying to work on now is constantly throughout the day in your waking life, as often as you remember, try doing things that are impossible while awake, but not while dreaming. So one check you can do is trying to push your finger through the palm of your hand obviously not going to work while you're <laughs> awake. Right. Yeah. But you hope not. Th- the theory is one of these times I'm going to do it and my finger's going to go through my hand and I'll say, oh my gosh, I'm dreaming. Dude, this is so trippy. <laughs> I know. <laughs> it's so cool though. It's so cool to kind of realize that there are tells right? and that you can actually read the scene as it were. And I suppose, as you say, with journaling, you kind of get to recognize sort of symbols and items and totems that appear and have sort of regular presence. So if you can kind of be mindful of what those things are, I guess in your waking state, you're more likely to recognize them, I suppose, in your your dream state. Yeah, that's weird, but it's the good kind of weird. that's the theory. (laughs) Wow. All right. So a question question for you, seeing as you actually have have done some education based on the brain and how it works, and we're talking Mm. about dreams. Do you feel like we dream basically as a product of what our brain is doing or do you feel like there's something else to it because I'm going to kind of tie into something in a little bit but I find it interesting that some people interpret dreams as being purely a a sort of psychological product Mm. other people deem them to be sort of I guess the phrase that would probably be best used would be like celestial transmissions Mm. of sorts like it's out of our body out of our mind it's from a different plane or a different source. What is your stance on that? Both. Um, (laughs) I think it can be totally both. I think it's like meditating, right? Like you, you, there's so many different levels you can take that to. There is meditating where you're just counting your breath to calm yourself down. Mm -hmm. There's meditating where, right, you transcend this realm and your, you know, spirit goes and communicates, right? Like you say with celestial beings or whatever. So that's not something I'm able to do yet, but we know people are, if you choose to believe. I love the fact that you use the word yet. I love the optimism. Like, oh yeah. Like that's, that's a 2021 <laughs> goal right there for you. Yes. <laughs> so yeah, I definitely think there are multiple levels and right. That's, that's the benefit of practicing this stuff. And exactly. That's why I use yet. Cause I plan to, yeah, keep building upon my dreaming abilities. And I do, I have experienced 
some psychic dreams. And I do believe I have experienced one dream where, yeah, celestial beings visited me in that dream. So I've definitely seen both things happen. Mm -hmm. I think it's the type of thing where just the more aligned and attuned with the universe you become in your waking life, it's you get rewarded in, with even more in your subconscious sleeping state, right? Because if you're becoming more open on this conscious level, imagine how open you're becoming on your subconscious level, right? right? So I just think the more you're open to the stuff, the more you line and you're working towards that in your waking life, the more you can see these, these higher and cooler levels of dreaming happen for you, right? Yeah, for sure. I asked this because you put out a recent post about mm. science and spirituality. And on the surface, these are two very different schools of thought. But are they? That's that's what I'm beginning to question. And it seems like from, from based on, on what you put in that post that you found or you're, you're in the process of finding a sort of middle ground between the two. So, totally. yeah, I, I wanted to kind of just probe into this a little bit because they do often get separated and sort of distanced because, as I say, on the surface, they are very different schools of thought. But ultimately, I feel like there's potential for them to possibly be like two sides of the same coin. Yeah. I completely agree. I think specifically science and spirituality can be two sides of the same coin. I think where people get confused is I don't think science and religion are two sides of the same coin. Spirituality is, you know, believing everything is energy. We're all connected, all of this and such. And that is very much wrapped up in science. But religion is when we get into you know organization patriarchal themes all this stuff yeah for sure and there is a big difference i think there is a huge difference because one is predetermined um and and just willingly accepted as as hard truth and set into sort of dogmatic structures and ideas and beliefs and and traditions and what have you the other is more of of strangely enough a sort of lucid more ethereal Mm. sort of sphere in which there are ideas there are beliefs there are principles but it's um it's not as as concrete and as as solidified but yeah i I feel like there's there's definitely a a correlation between the two so i felt that post was really interesting and kind of just wanted to pick your brains about it a little bit like what what kind of brought you to that point oh lots of things i um I kind of my whole life has brought me to that, you know, I, I've always been a science geek, I just find science to be, I don't know, for some reason, I just think science is fascinating, I've always loved doing science projects, that was just my jam, <laughs> I clearly, I went to school for science, but I was raised Catholic, so raised religious, and then, you know, I kind of abandoned that for a while in my teen. well, I have abandoned Catholicism, but I, I, abandoned, I abandoned spirituality in general for a lot of my teenage yeah. years, and then different events in college and throughout my life kind of led me back into the spirituality world. And then, you know, I was like, well, you know, I'm leaning into the spirituality stuff. I see it having a huge impact in my life. It's really helping me. So I'm going to keep leaning into it and believing because I see the evidence that it's working for me. But also I'm in the middle of getting my bachelor's of science degree. (laughs) So I'm not going to keep, I'm not going to quit believing in science either. Um, so I guess I just kind of asked my brain, how are you going to make these fit together? Because I'm not willing to give up either. (laughs) And I heard a really cool explanation. I think, I don't know what podcast, I really got to start writing down where I hear cool shit from because it's terrible. I feel like I never give people credit for these amazing ideas I hear. (laughs) But, um, I heard someone describe that science is similar to money. 
in that money helps us describe wealth, right? Like you have X amount of dollars. It explains your wealth level. It's hard to explain your wealth level. If you, you know, we're on the bartering system and you have a house full of chickens. I don't know what that's worth compared to my house full of, you know, ducks. So (laughs) money was created to help us understand each other's wealth levels more easily. Science is what helps us make sense of the universe and reality and spirituality, right? Mm-hmm. So science is, is all just throwing out a hypothesis and then testing to see if it's true or false. I see spirituality as all of the hypotheses that we've either tested or some of well, most of them we haven't gotten to test yet. But spirituality is us trying to make sense of reality. And then science is our experiments to try and figure out which of those hypotheses mm-hmm. we were on par with. Right? Yeah. So spirituality is our curiosity part. Science is the testing and proving. I heard someone say that they actually think spirituality will get far closer to describing true reality than science will. And I do believe that, right? Because it's hard to measure and test a lot of things. But with spirituality, we have the freedom to describe things uh, without fear of, yeah, needing hard proof because it is hypothesizing. If you can accept that, I think... Yeah, I think it could be a really great thing. So you, by your trade, are a mindset coach. Yes. Okay, so I'm going to ask the very layman question, partly for (laughs) myself, but also for anybody else who might not know. Because I always yeah. like to take that approach. I don't like to just assume everybody knows what everything is. It's always good mm-hmm. to start on the ground floor. So uh, I don't agree more. Yeah. What is a mindset coach exactly? Yeah. So for me, at least, mindset coaching is someone who can help open up new perspectives and rewire the programming uh, that is currently controlling your brain um, and helps you figure out, you know, the best version of that programming that you can rewrite so that you can become your best fullest self. As I've learned throughout my psychology years and just through my own life experience, we all have, you know, it's it's like this computer programming in our brain, Mm -hmm. you know, and and it's created when in our first few years, they say five, the first five to seven years of your life, you basically you've created your, your program, you know, that's, that's it. And so if you think about that, my programming from seven years old, like that has got to be updated. Come on. like (laughs) I can't be working with that at 28. Like we've got to improve that. But the problem is so few people realize that it is just like a computer and you can just rewrite the code, delete the stuff that's not working, take it out and put in stuff that does. And I think when I realized that it is so interchangeable, I just wanted to help so many more people do that. Because I was like, oh my gosh, you know, how many of us are out here just letting this programming run our lives, beating ourselves day after day, saying you're not enough, you're not doing enough, do more, you know, feel insecure about this when we could be out here rewriting it into a program that builds you up and tells you you're great and go for it and go kick butt today, you know? So (laughs) I guess it's it's both... uh, I help people rewire their brain and also uh, just be their hype woman. <laughs> See, I like that. What I want for this show primarily and what I'm about now at mm. this stage in my life is building people up and not tearing them down. Because yes. I think we do as a, as a general 
collective as a species we do enough of that we've done enough of that for centuries right. and it's it's kind of about time we started sort of helping people upwards and not right. sort of pushing them down like crabs in a barrel so I find that very interesting. I also find that very refreshing that, that there are people out there doing that. I think it's also, that's that's where to bring it full circle, this is where this dream interpretation can come in handy because a lot of the time when you write out your own dream, you'll find that it's a lot of your brain just giving you encouragement while you're sleeping. And so that's mm-hmm. why I also try and encourage clients to start doing as well. Yeah, that, that, own, that encouragement from yourself can be pretty remarkable. So how long have you been doing it and how exactly did you end up getting to this point where you became a mindset coach? Yeah, so I've been doing it for about strictly just mindset coaching about 2 years, but uh-huh. before that I was a certified personal trainer, which is how I kind of how well that's exactly how I got into this. So I started out personal <laughs> training <laughs> about 5 years, 5 or 6 years ago now. Um and it was great at first, you know, it was fine. I, um, so first, actually, I should back up even further. I, one of the things I have gotten through with my own spirit, my spiritual beliefs have gotten me through self-healing and eating disorder I had in college. So then when I got out of college, I thought, you know, maybe this whole fitness body image area is how I want to help people since I've, you know, made right. my own, which is often, you know, how life experience goes. I got through this challenge. Let me help other people. So sure. I thought that was what the focus I wanted to be. And, you know, started doing personal training and it was fine and well, but I, you know, after a while, I was just like, oh my gosh, I can't talk to another person who wants to lose 10 pounds. Like, I just don't care. Like there's more to life than those 10 pounds. So I I was getting bored with that. And then I also was realizing the part about the personal training I was enjoying was the mental transformation that people go through over this time, you know, telling themselves at the beginning that, oh, I'm, I'm such an unhealthy person and learning to make themselves believe, oh no, I am a person who regularly works out. I'm a person who eats healthy. I am a person who takes care and, and appreciates their body, right? So mm-hmm. that in itself, that was the first time I think I started to realize it's that mental journey and rewriting of your own beliefs about yourself. And I was like, oh, that's what I like helping people do. So then I took my journey a little further and I went to work at an eating disorder recovery center. And then, so that's how I, the first time I worked strictly on mindset. So, you know, working with people who were in a living situation and uh, coaching them through meals and helping them get through that, which again, I was like, this is my dream job. Like, this is amazing. I just get to come in here every day and help people, you know, get over fears, work through mental blocks and rewrite new mental programming. But as with a lot of, you know, jobs these days, it was, it it paid no money. I was barely making my rent. It was just like, I'm doing what I want to do, but I, I can't make ends meet. So that's when I was like, all right, I'm taking all these skills. I'm taking everything I've gathered in my life up this till this point, And I am creating my own coaching program and taking this show on the road. So here I am. <laughs> so you've, you've essentially taken past and previous experiences as you detail through your, your own dealings with having an eating disorder and, mm-hmm. and going through the, the PT aspect of your life that followed. And then that amazing thing about helping people at recovery centers, I didn't even know that was a thing. So yeah. That's, that's really, it's really cool to, I mean, I suppose it, it makes sense, but it's one of those things, I guess, unless you've actually, like so many things, unless you've experienced it or you know someone that's experienced it, you're kind of ignorant to the fact that these resources are available. But I think that's yeah. great to, to know and be able to put that out there. Yeah. If anybody is in, in need of something like that. Mm-hmm, but you've taken these experiences, you've taken these trajectories and, and you've kind of 
created this this culmination of of what you're doing now. Totally, yep. Yep. That's thanks. <laughs> I like that a lot. You've been doing it for two years. Two years, yep. Do you feel like you're getting the satisfaction that you're after in terms of like what you weren't getting strictly as a, as a PT? Do you feel like you're getting more of that now with what you're doing? Oh, I definitely think so. It has been, especially this year, I think, you know, unfortunately mm-hmm. we've been through a lot this year, but it, it led a lot of people to realize they wanted to find something, you know, bigger than them outside of them, something to help them pull themselves sure. out of the difficulty this year. So especially this year, I've just seen clients make complete 180s, you know, in every aspect of their life, which is just so rewarding. I mean, that's the most I can ask for out of out of a, a job, you know. I've seen a client reduce their anger level so much that their marriage is now a, a very happy marriage, whereas wow. it was having, right. So for me, that's like, wow, here I am just working on one person's mindset. But that's been cool is to see how me, my helping one person is affecting everyone around that person as well. And that right. has been, that has been a really cool process to watch blossom. Yeah. Yeah, because if you think about it with that particular individual, that's not just something that they're fixing for themselves. That's not just code in their sort of computer program, as we've said, that they're rewriting for their own benefit. But that has a real sort of knock on resonance. Obviously, mm. as you say, it's made their marriage much, much happier mm. and, and, and a warmer place. But it no doubt has had an even further knock on effect with other family members, friends, colleagues, etc. Oh, sure. Yeah. Yeah. So, I was just going to say coworkers. Yeah. Big one. You know, that client even mentioned to me their, their coworkers have made comments saying they seem so much happier. So that is, yeah, that is a very rewarding experience. I could not ask for more from a job, you know? <laughs> So yeah, it does seem like it's something that comes with a great deal of, of personal satisfaction. A lot of work, mm. no doubt, because mm. you are you are having to dig into some pretty nitty gritty areas with some people. Um, and I guess every case is different. Some mm. people come with less baggage than others, but sure. you know that's just just how life is, I guess. But yeah, the the amount of personal reward I imagine that you get from from seeing the results and just seeing yourself them actually making the the effort, like the the attempt. Is something that I've always, well, I say always, it's not true. Like the last, <laughs> I want to say five to six years, the attempt is something that I've really yeah. gravitated towards because we measure success in so many concrete, definitive ways. Usually it's numerical, but the truth is it's not as straightforward as that. There is great success in the attempt. Yes. So even if you don't see particular people reach points or reach them at certain speeds that they Mm. maybe wanted to the fact that you're actually seeing people get to the point where they're willing to make a change where they're willing to address in the first place that something's not quite right that that computer code isn't quite what it should be or even getting to the point of realizing as you said the the sort of software that you had at seven years old doesn't fit you now (laughs) to see people actually be conscious of that and actually begin to take steps towards it that in itself must provide a great sense of reward Absolutely. Well, and like I said, too, I feel like I've been just into all this stuff, you know, dreaming, the dream interpretation, the mindset coaching, spirituality, all of this, all that we've touched on. I feel like I was into it all way before it was cool. So (laughs) I'm just pumped to see so many people glomming on and wanting to talk about this. And, you know, people like you finding me in my DMs and us sending novels back and forth about this stuff. I'm just so excited to see this movement finally, you know, happening. It's very exciting. One, because I finally have people to geek out with, but two, because (laughs) I know how much it helped me improve my life and if more people can find that this 
wow, just picture all the lives that could, could improve. Yeah, absolutely. Quickly, right? and, like, wow. and we've touched upon this off, off mic, but like it's difficult to share. And I think you have mm. to be at a certain level. You can't rush or expect people to open up about certain things if they're not comfortable. They need to right. be comfortable themselves at that point to do that. But there totally. is genuine, uh, amazing things that can happen from it whether it is just a cathartic release for that person sharing something that they've they've held on to for so long yeah or if it's just them getting it out and it's a story that they've told to other people and at that time it's kind of old hat uh recently for uh human amplified which is another podcast i wrote an article about my relationship with my my dad or my lack of a relationship with my dad and that to me is an old story right. like i'm way beyond that i've been past that for years Mm-hmm. But just sharing it kind of gave me the impression that, okay, even if just one person reads this and is in a similar place to where I was when I was like 21, mm-hmm. 22, and it kind of gives them the sense that, oh, okay, this person is is feeling similar things to what I'm going through right now, but they've got to a point where it doesn't affect them anymore, then, then it's totally worth it. And like I say, you have totally. to be comfortable doing it and being open to share. But I think if you are, even if it's anonymously, if you can share yes. stuff that you've experienced, yeah, it, it really does put out good, good energy and vibes to kind of get into that territory. I couldn't agree more. Yeah, definitely. I mean, that's, that's so often the answer to yeah releasing things or letting go of right like you say old stories or whatever so often right yeah it's just just shedding light on it and just sharing it right like you said even anonymously that's that's enough it shows just bringing attention to it and that's the most amazing thing that's often enough right so that's oh absolutely just shining a spotlight on something and and bringing something to the surface can can have like an amazing knock-on effect for sure totally yeah all right so with you being a mindset coach, um, I want to kind of give people and, and potential clients here, because I'm sure there are people listening who are maybe thinking, you know what? I haven't actually had an upgrade since I was seven. Maybe I'm due <laughs> an update. Maybe I need a 2.0. <laughs> right, exactly. So uh, I was looking to get uh, updated to 2.0. Somebody that comes to you mm-hmm. as a new client, what is the first few stages? Like, what is your initial process for mm. somebody that comes to you? That's a good question. Um First, I always do just one discovery call where we just chat, right? And, and mm-hmm. just get to know each other and see if, if we resonate with one another. Because I do feel, right, there, there are so many people in this space, coaches, therapists, it's so many different. And I think it's important for people to find the person that they resonate right. with and really yeah. click with, right? That's, that's the number one. So yeah, I always do a phone call to make sure we jive, make sure we're on the same wavelengths about a lot of the spirituality stuff, right? Because also if someone comes to me and they're not open to any of these ideas, then I'm like, this is not going to work because I'm going to tell you so many woo-woo ideas. (laughs) Um, (laughs) So yeah, we have that call. And then yeah, if if we're a fit, it's um, sessions are actually very chill, very relaxed, which is what I like about them. It's, you know, clients usually... Usually for the first month, we meet every week while we're just working through some heavier things. And most clients... Surprise! After three weeks, most clients come to me and say, "Let's start doing every other week to space it out because they're starting to feel better." So, so those first three sessions, though, basically is just word vomit at me. (laughs) What's going on? You know, what's coming up? What's what's frustrating you, or what what fears do you have? I think 
what can be hard to explain about this mindset coaching is it can cover such a wide range of issues, right? Oh, you can imagine. From being angry to I've worked with entrepreneurs who are trying to build more business. And so they're trying to align with the purpose of their business and get more clients, you know, to releasing past trauma. It just can cover so many ranges. So yeah, basically I just, you know, ask, you know, just word vomit at me. What, what's coming up for you? What's at the highest level of concern at this moment? Because I, I do believe the subconscious our subconscious knows the perfect order to resolve each issue. Let's resolve this one first, and then we'll resolve this one, and then we'll resolve the bigger one that's buried underneath those two so that we can get to this huge one buried underneath them all, right? So our subconscious knows that that path that we need to follow, and it, it lets us know by bringing things into our lives that make those emotions surface. So if there's something I'm angry at that I really need to work through, you know, Maybe I stub my toe like five times this week. And by the fifth time, I'm like, what is going on? I need to talk about it, right? <laughs> so those are the issues. The things that are reoccurring, the things that my clients notice they really need to address, uh, first and foremost, I just, yeah, like I said, word vomit. And then we come up with two, I, I kind of have two halves of my coaching. One is very um, just like, on a physical level, it's, it's mostly psychology based. A lot of my work is based in CBT, which is cognitive behavioral therapy, which is doing different activities to right, literally retrain your brain to make new associations, right? So that's okay. where the programming comes back in. And then the other half of my coaching is the spirituality piece where I am in alignment with my, the universe and my spiritual guides. And because I'm aligned, I can help bring my clients into alignment so that they can be receiving more of their own intuitive guidance from their guides. So it's kind of this spiritual handholding on a, on a higher level. And then on a physical level, you know, I can, I'll send you home with homework about things to journal about or questions to ask yourself, or maybe affirmations to say in the morning or a gratitude practice, depending on what it is you're needing help with. So yeah, it's kind of this, there's a higher level happening and then there's just this very physical uh, on paper level as well. So that's interesting. So you, so you send people home with, with, with tasks to do and that's, I guess, a, a way of making them sort of self-sufficient with their own sort of conscious behaviours. So mm. it's not just a case of coming to me and I will give you a cure-all and I will make everything happen. It's like you've got to make this happen for yourself as well. And Absolutely. the way you can do that is by trying these things. And it might not work for you. You might try that and it might not be your jam. You can do that thing. It might not stick. Right. But these are things that you can kind of work, like pretty much like life. You can kind of just work through yeah. it and see what happens. But you've got to do things for yourself as well. Exactly. Which so few people realize. But yeah, once once they do realize it, exactly. So yeah, it's just, I, I think... The way I like to explain it is I've been through so many dark times in my life already that I have built up quite the toolbox full of all these random tools and reared size Allen wrenches and spare light bulbs. So <laughs> I am, I'm just ready to hand them out. You know, I mean, this is all stuff that people can do on their own. You know, it's just like working out. There are thousands of workout programs you can go download for free and go to the gym. Well, not now because COVID, but you can, you know, there's thousands of programs you can start doing immediately. But you hire a personal trainer because that person has the shortcuts, right? So same thing for mindset coaching. You can read all the self-help books and, and you can read the blogs. All this information that I'm going to give my clients is out there for free. Right. I just know the shortcuts and which ones seem like they would 
go well with you after talking to you, right? So, but you also seem to be a soundboard for them as well. So they mm. will go and they will do these things. They will try them and see if it works, and they will go through these exercises, read this, read that, and but they will come back to you with progress, and you can kind of, it seems like fine tune things and as you say you've kind of got the toolbox so if right. one thing doesn't work for them you'd be like okay I understand why that didn't work maybe try this Absolutely. and it's kind of like to me it seems and again coming in from a layman's point of view but the way you described it seems like it's very much a collaborative process definitely oh I love that description that is that is uh very accurate definitely yeah and yeah I think that's why like you said when you know the goal is, is not to be someone's coach forever. My goal is, is to teach you these tools so you can leave me and write, apply them for the rest of your life. Because once you know the tools, you can handle any obstacle that comes your way, right? You just pull out a new, one of your tools. Yeah, I think that's, that's that the best part of the collaboration, yeah, is, is building someone's toolbox to have the right tools for them, right? Yeah, and, and that in itself must be kind of rewarding as well, actually mm. getting to work with different people and different people that have come with different experiences, different issues, different... I mean, you get to see the change, you get to see the progress, you get to mm. see, as we said, the attempt, but the actual collaboration working with these different people must be kind of rewarding too, I'm guessing. Absolutely, super rewarding. And I mean, honestly, I'm just a curious cat. I swear that's what's going to kill me in life. But <laughs> I love hearing just the different goals people come to me with. Like, I, I'm... I've been shocked sometimes just like wow that sounds fun like all right let's get there so it can be very fun in that regard too just the number of people you meet in different walks of life do you get people come with like really ambitious goals where you just at at first glance you're just kind of like oh okay are you sure um you know I've never I've never said oh are you sure but I have a few times if they're so ambitious I have gotten nervous myself like oh gosh like can I get you there okay and then then it's nice it's a little bit of a challenge for me too right and and or my coaching skills but um (laughs) I I hope I get one eventually where I will it will make me shake my head But those are the ones that you like. You really do relish. Those are the ones that you will want because it's like, okay, this seems like it's an absolute mountain. But you know totally. what? I feel like with your enthusiasm, your openness, my know-how, I think we can get there. Yeah, right. And like awesome. you said, what a fun collaboration and little little team. <laughs> <laughs> All right, I want to jump into 305 Certified because yes. this seems like so much fun. Oh my gosh. Uh, at some point, I am going to take a class. Um, but yes, what is it first and foremost? Uh, 305 is a 45-minute dance cardio workout disguised as a dance party uh, with easy-to-follow <laughs> dance moves and a little bit of toning in the middle of the class. But it is just, it is super fun. I love everything that the company stands for. Um, so I, I discovered it in the middle of quarantine. My sister lives on the other side of the country in Washington, D.C., and I'm in Seattle. So uh, we have not gotten to see each other a lot. So she found these classes and they were doing them online this year. So my sister and I would Zoom each other and we would take oh. these dance classes together. Yeah, across That's the country. Awesome. So, yeah, they were so fun for me. Uh, I just decided, you know, and I used to be a personal trainer, as I talked about, I thought these company visions, I was like, they just align so perfectly with, with my own personal beliefs that I thought, all right, this is a reason for me to get back into fitness. Um, Mm -hmm. They're just all about, you know, building confidence. Their motto is make sweat sexy, you know, just, (laughs) just to have fun and let loose and love yourself and accept yourself, no matter how bad your twerking abilities are, you know? Um, And and yeah, 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 mine are pretty bad. I'll just tell you now. (laughs) I, I have had to YouTube uh, teach myself how to twerk through these classes. So. <laughs> 
but it's just been such a fun year to do it. I think uh, one, everybody needs to feel that this year. Right. And two, it's connecting people together and it is just such a funny, good time. I laugh through every single class, (laughs) which is exhausting to dance and laugh at the same time. But um, yeah, it's been a, it's been a really fun way to connect with people and also, you know, be doing a healthy activity together. Right, exactly. And I think anything that is described as a dance party disguised as mm. something else, is, <laughs> what isn't there to love about that? Am I, I mean, right? <laughs> come on, come on. That's oh an invitation gosh, yeah. all of its own. <laughs> so I'll bring up 305 because obviously there are physical and mental benefits to yes. this, yeah. clearly. Mm. And I feel like as we're, we're now in 2021, mm-hmm the first week this is this is a prime week for a lot of people looking to make changes and after this year that we've all sort of been through and endured this is probably a a week in january like no other because now people have had the perspective to to look at what they want for themselves kind Mm. of had that moment to pause and sort of reflect and sort of look inside and are wanting to make some some serious changes whether that be physical or mental uh, or both and right. I feel like this is something that people can really get on board with especially if you are coming into the new year with physical goals and you perhaps don't really care for working out or exercising <laughs> I, I understand I know that pain I, I'm personally not one of those people there are days of the week where I absolutely am and I'm just like I do not want to do this whatsoever so I'm yep. not going to <laughs> but there are some people that just don't really care or can't just sort of gel with traditional physical activities and to me this seems like a fantastic alternative for people that are wanting to get a little bit more active a little bit more physically present and and motivated but without feeling like they have to invest in in a set of dumbbells or a whole bunch of equipment. Yeah, absolutely. Plus, I feel like, I mean, this is a little bit of a a pat on my own shoulder, but I feel like I have have so much high energy and and just love (laughs) and light to share that that's why I love these 305 classes because I literally get the microphone and I just get to scream my like positive encouragement at a Zoom room full of people. So (laughs) I I love when people come to my class and and I tell them to to come and get their, you know, weekly uh, power charge from from my energy from the class. So. So how can people get involved with 305? How is this something that they can throw into their calendar for the new year? Yeah, absolutely. Um, 305 specifically, you can go to 305fitness.com. My personal mailing list, you can sign up for either on my website or through my Instagram. My website is just dannylongo.com, nice and easy. And then my Instagram, you just add a little hello. I'm at hello Danny Longo. But um, yeah, so there are spots to sign up in both those places. And these are places that people can find you and your, your mindset coaching as well. Absolutely. Yep. Yep. All my info, those places. Excellent. So there you go. If you want to get involved, whether it is with, uh, with, with Danny's supercharged energetic 305 dance parties <laughs> in disguise, or you are looking to upgrade your mental software for the new year, um, which, you know, I think we could all do with an upgrade in one way or another, then that's the place to go and check it out at those places. I will, of course, throw in links to all these things in the show notes, which you can find at dimed-out.com. So if you've missed those, don't worry, they'll be there. And I'll also be putting them out on social media as well. Um, Danny, it has been an absolute joy having you on. You did bring the energy I was, I was <laughs> just hoping for, and then some. Yeah, thank you for coming. Thank you so much. I'm so appreciative you asked me to be on. And likewise, this was such a fun conversation. I've, I've totally enjoyed every minute of this. 
so there you go gang that was me talking to danny longo mindset coach ambassador for all things positive a curious mind just a beacon a ball of growing glowing energy yeah like she brought some energy to the show and that's what i was hoping that was one of the reasons why i asked her on the show in the first place partly because i just wanted to pick her brain about what she does about the things that she's interested in about some of the conversations we've had off mic but partly because of that energy i feel like going into a new year overcoming so much that we have overcome going through the challenges that we're still going through energy is what we need if after hearing this conversation you feel that danny's energy and expertise is something that is going to be of a great benefit to you and i believe it will be to many people then yeah go check it out at the links that she mentioned if you miss them and you can't be bothered to rewind don't worry i will put them all in the show notes for this episode which you can find at dimed-out.com all the links to all of the stuff danny is doing will be there so yeah go check them out see if she's going to be a good fit for you for 2021 if not just go see what she's doing because honestly she posts an infinite stream of fascinating curious posts on her instagram and social medias it's yeah it's lovely to see a curious mind out in the world exploring because that's what we're about here right we're about the experience we're about supporting each other building each other up and we're about exploring the vast world around us the known the unknown and everything in between love to see it love to support it Speaking of support, if you want to support the show, if you want to support Dimed Out, you want to get on board, make sure you never miss a single episode. The best way, the easiest way to support the show is to simply subscribe to the podcast. And you can do that by finding us wherever you get your podcasts from. Just click subscribe and that's it. You show us a chunk of love and you get each episode sent automatically to your device of choosing. Everyone's a winner, baby. That's no lie. If you want to show a little bit more support, and this is completely optional, it is not mandatory at all. All regular episodes will forever and always be free. But if you want to show a little bit of extra support, you want to go that extra mile, then we do have a Patreon account, which you can find at patreon.com forward slash dimed out. It is one single tier five dollars a month and for that five dollars you get quite a lot you get things like a extra episode a live streamed q a slash hangout session you get access to the official dimed out discord channel where we talk about the show we talk about topics that come up we talk about whatever you want to talk about really if you've got ideas and suggestions for future episodes you can throw them in there you can help cultivate and shape the future of this show in that particular sandbox but there's all sorts go check out the patreon page as I say, patreon.com forward slash dimed out. It is optional. It is completely up to you, but it's there if you choose. If you don't, that's totally cool too. I still love you. Other than that, you can get in touch with me directly about the show or whatever you want to talk about over on Twitter or Instagram at I am Mal Foster. That is the place to go. And uh, yeah, other than that, that's about it for this week. Next week, we have a fantastic, fascinating, compelling story we're talking to the author sapphire gia about her new book survive it's a memoir and to be honest it's way more than that it is a gripping tale that is kind of unbelievable but it's true it's about her surviving in the yukon wilderness as an 11 year old for a week amongst awful conditions yeah it's something you need to tune into because it's it's a fantastic read it's a compelling unique remarkable story and i was fortunate enough to be able to sit down with sapphire and talk to her about her experience as a child going through that 
then putting it into a book and releasing that very personal story into the wild. Yeah, man, it really is something else entirely. But that is next week. You've got that to look forward to next week. This week, well, we're pretty much done. That's it. As always, thank you for listening. Happy New Year. Go check out Danny's stuff, see if she's going to be a good fit for your New Year. And yeah, other than that, you know, look after yourselves, look after each other. And until next time, keep it dimed out.